Hi, sisters. Welcome back. We're still in John chapter 4 because I can get a little long-winded sometimes. I love, love, love God's Word. And I got in this particular section, I started looking at what is God's will for our lives. And we pulled several scriptures to really talk about what God's will is for us. And so tonight, that's what we're going to be talking about. Now, remember, this is a teaching that I did in front of a live audience. So you'll hear different people reading the scriptures as I expound upon them. And it's just a wonderful teaching. It brings remembrance of how wonderful God is. It brings some conviction as we talk about some things that we may need to uh, be called higher in. And then we're just reminded of the glorious gospel and how gracious God is to all of us. So I pray that this teaching blesses you. Hi, family. Welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real-life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's Word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning his word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. So we ended at verse 30. Then when they went out from the city and came to him, So they went out from the city, so the the Samaritans, they're going to come and they're going to come see Jesus. And in the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. Remember, Jesus sent all of his disciples away to go buy food in Samaria, which that was taboo, eating Samarian food and buying their food with their money. Like they would have never done something like such a thing. But anyways, so they come back and he says, oh man, Rabbi, we went and got this food for you. You've got to be hungry. And he says, but he said to them, I have food to eat in which you do not know. Now, what's Jesus doing here? What's, what's, what has Jesus been doing all through the past couple chapters? Using analogies, using earthly analogies to explain something supernatural. He did it with the woman at the well. He used the living water, right? Nicodemus, she must be born again. And so now we're seeing another analogy. The disciples are, the disciples are earthly focused. They're earthly focused. Here, Jesus, eat. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. They know that Jesus was exhausted. He had walked 20 miles. He was obviously exhausted when he went to the well. He was very thirsty. And so here they're saying, here, have something to eat. He says, I have food to eat in which you do not know. And therefore, the disciples said, verse 33, to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? They're looking at one another like, did you give him something to eat? Did you give him something to eat? And they're just like, no, I mean, it hasn't ain't nothing for me yet. They're still staying earthly minded. Right? right? And that's and we see that through the scriptures, how when he was talking to Nicodemus, he's giving Nicodemus spiritual answers, but he's staying earthly-minded. Will I crawl back up in my mother's womb and be born again? When he was talking to the woman at the well, and he says, I have living water, you'll never thirst again. She's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go down there with a pot 100 feet and get me some water? They stayed this earthly mind, and even his disciples struggled with the earthly-mindness. So Jesus said to them, verse 34, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That was Jesus' food. That was Jesus' food. What was God's work? What was this will? It was the redemptive work. Jesus was there to redeem the lost souls. He was there to save the world. He was there to break down religion. He was there as the Messiah. Christ is the redeemer of all man, a redeemer of all mankind. And what satisfies Christ the most is doing the will of his father, doing the work in which he came here to do, and that's to redeem men and women, to redeem 
creation, back to the Father, reconcile back to the Father. Have you ever been on a fat, well, I know you guys have been in a place where you've, you've been in a lot of prayer and grieving, and you notice how your hunger goes away during that time, and that deep fasting, that, that grieving. But also, if you've ever been out there, and I know several of you have, and many of us have because we do it together, have you ever noticed that you cannot eat you're starving and then you get out to an outreach and all of a sudden you're just ministering to people and you're preaching the gospel and you're feeding the homeless and you're carrying heavy boxes and you're doing all this stuff and you're not even hungry. All of a sudden you were starving before you got there and thought, well, I'll just eat later. And man, even when you're done, you're not hungry. There's just something so energetic and so energizing about the preaching of the gospel, about walking in the will that God has called you to walk in there's just something about it. Now, now, Jesus was hungry. He was thirsty at one point. But man, he had an assignment with this woman at the well to save her soul. And it invigorated him. It gave him new, it, it refreshed him. It gave him new energy. I, some of you in here have to know what I'm talking about. Man, I am not, I am so energized after doing things like tonight. You walking into my gifts and callings. When we go out on the street and evangelize. When I'm ministering to somebody. I just, it invigorates me. I could be the most tired person on the planet, and all of a sudden, I just have so much energy. There's just something about doing God's work and walking in his, his calling. But also, I just, you know, kind of wanted to just touch on a little bit here, you know, that we have to die to our flesh here. We don't always need to be full of food. Let the Father be our food. Let Jesus be our food. Let Jesus be our water. I'm not saying... You know, starve yourself by any means. We're not ascetic. But, I mean, in America, we could use to go on some fasting, right? And to just tell our flesh to die. Crucify. Die, flesh. Die. You know, because it screams at us so much, you know. So many distractions. But Jesus was not distracted. He was here for one reason, and that was to do the will of the Father. Now, as I was praying about this, and this is where God just took me in a whole different direction. We're going to go in a different direction now. When I was praying, I was praying about this verse, which says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And I, and I felt like it said to me, My food is to do the will of Christ who saved me and to finish his work. Remember, Jesus said, I will start a good work in you, and I am faithful to complete it until the end. We all have a gift. We all, if you're born again here tonight, you're regenerated by the Holy Spirit, you have gifts and callings. God has given you gifts, and he has called you for a purpose to do his work. And we have a work that we need to complete. Jesus says, I will complete it in you until the end. He's not going to leave us or forsake us, but we need to be walking that out. And not being so distracted by all the shiny things the devil keeps throwing in front of us in this earth. Not the Netflixes and the Hulas and the cables and the phones and all the apps and the Facebooks and the social medias and whatever else. It can be work. It can be your home. It can be your children. Satan will put anything and he'll put things that look seem really godly in front of you to keep you distracted from doing the will of the Father. So often we sometimes say this earth is getting so wicked. We see the most wicked and heinous things going on right now. We see babies who are being murdered right out of their mother's womb that are laying on tables at 40 weeks. Man, that's hard. It's hard to live in an earth that kills their own babies like that. It's hard. It's hard to see you know, people be slaughtering each other like what happened in New Zealand. It's hard to see people just innocently, you know, no one's innocent, but just... You're there to worship a different God than I, you know, it's not a true God, but they didn't deserve to die. It's not how we, we don't treat people like that. We're seeing people, you can just go to a concert nowadays and some madman can come in with it and just start shooting up people. We live in dangerous times. We live in evil times. We live in a very, we live in very divisive times. And sometimes we just think, I mean, I know Gabby has said it to me multiple times, man, I just want to go home and be with Jesus. Nobody, people don't want Jesus. They just, they just want their sin. It just seems like a frustrating thing. Why do I even bother? But here's why you bother. Although, like Paul, he longed to be with Jesus. He said, I, but I know it's not my time. I have work to do. i got to no. stay here. 
So yeah, of course, I long to be with Jesus. But man, I want to tell you right now, I do not want to show up to Jesus not one minute before I have completed the work in which he started in me. I want as many crowns to lay at his feet when I get there. And I want that to be your guys' heart too. And there's going to be hard days and there's going to be trials and tribulations. Jesus never said it was going to be easy to be a Christian. He said it was going to be worth it. But it brings on persecution and trials and tribulations. Do not be fooled by the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. That is a false gospel. Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. And so what God showed me here, I said, okay, God, you know, how often do we sit there and we pray, oh, I just want to do God's will. What's God's will? What's his will? And then God just started reminding me of all these scriptures. What is his will? What is his will? To complete his work. But what is it within that? And so he started giving me these scriptures. And I didn't think it would take as long as it did. But when I was going over it today, I was like, oh my gosh, it kind of took on the whole message. And so I'm like, oh, I guess that's all we're doing is four verses today. Wow. I mean, we're going to do other verses, but just in John. And so I have each of you with your verses. And so we're going to start reading them out loud. And we're going to kind of go over them a little bit. What is the will of the Father? What is the will of God for our lives? Romans. Who's got Romans? 10, 14. Romans 10, 14. It's 10, 14 through 15. How then will they call on him in who they have not believed? And how, how are they to believe in him of who they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written... How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So one, so one thing is in his will, just like the woman at the well, just like when the disciples met Jesus, go and tell. Preach the gospel. Preach the good news. If there's no preacher to preach, how will someone hear? We're not to hide our light under a basket. And Facebook is not, I mean, yeah, great, you guys do some evangelism on Facebook, but guys, we got to get out there. We got to get personal again. We got to get in people's lives. They want to know you care. Anybody can sit behind a computer. I'm not saying shut your faces, books down, stop talking about Jesus, do that. But what are you doing to get in people's lives? Where are you going out and preaching the gospel? Who are you ministering to? Who are you discipling? That's the will of God, to go and preach the good news to the ends of the earth. Start with your neighbors, though. So we all think we're called to missions. Everyone wants to go to Africa. Everyone wants to go to India. Greatest mission field is right here in your community. It's right here. Yeah, we're going to go to Mexico in October, and that's going to be an awesome thing. And some of you are called to go on the mission field, and that's awesome, too. But... Don't go on the mission field in Africa or anywhere else until you've been on the mission field right here. If you can't preach to your neighbor, how do you, what, you think you're going to go preach to some tribe in Africa? Where they want to cut your head off? You can't even speak their language? Come on, get serious here. We all want to look good on Facebook being in missions because, you know, you get lots of attaboys when you're a missionary, Right? Do it here. Do it now. Preach the good news. Okay, who's next? It's First uh, Thessalonians four three through eight. Who had First Thessalonians? Me. I did. Four three through eight. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. That no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, where God has not called us for impurity but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Okay, so, everyone wants to know the will of God. Now it's about ready to get real. Y'all want to know the will of God. Here it is. Ready? For this is the will of God. He's talking to the church, talking to the bride. Talk, if you're saved here, now he's talking to you. He's talking to everybody, but he's talking. Ready? This is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Ouch. 
Ouch. That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. We should know how to possess this body. We should know how to crucify this flesh. Against sexual immorality, idolatry, sex outside of marriage, and pornography. Yep, we're going to go there tonight. Not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles, like the unsaved people, like the world who do not know God. Of course they're going to be having sex outside of marriage, adultery, addicted to pornography, not possessing their own bodies, because they're the world. They're not, they're, that's what sinners do. That's what I did when I was a sinner. Before I got saved, it's exactly what I did. And I'm not proud of that. It sucks. I wish I had got saved and had that preservation salvation, but I don't. I didn't. Verse 6 then no one should take advantage of you and defraud his brother in this manner. Do you guys understand that, well, the last statistic that we looked up, and it was actually many years ago, I think it's higher now, 83% of church-going evangelical single Christians are having sex outside of marriage. I use that word Christian very loosely. But 83% the perfects. I think it's higher. I think we're in the 90s now. I'm sorry. I think we're in the 90s now. Don't let someone defraud you. Listen, you can leave BTC tonight. And I can give you a list of churches all around me that you can go to and talk to them and they'll go ahead and they'll wink at your sin and tell you you're okay. Just give them your tithe money. Just give them your tithe money. They'll tell you it's okay. Listen, I went to churches for 20 years living with my boyfriend, having sex outside of marriage. And no, no pastor told me I was doing anything wrong. They were baptizing me in water and helped me dedicate my kids and let me be in leadership on the way to hell. But see here, we tell you the truth because the word is the truth. We're not here to condemn anybody. The word speaks for itself. God speaks for himself. Let every man be a liar and God be true. But this, this is the beautiful thing is the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. You don't have to stay in that state. You can get saved. You can repent. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Believe on him. Get the regenerated work of the Holy Spirit and be set free from sin. And then learn how to possess your own body. God did not call. He says here, so don't let anybody defraud you guys. There's a lot of false teachers out there. And we're getting to the point where there's starting to be more false teachers than there is true teachers. We're living in the day of apostasy, just like Jesus warned us. Because the Lord is the avenger of all such. Do you understand that? The Lord is the avenger of such people. The Lord is going to come down in judgment on these people that are sexually immoral. It's going to happen. He'll either do it in this life while you're still living and he'll, he'll make your life a mess. Or he'll just wait, get you your strong delusion, wait till you get there. In Matthew 7, 21 through 23, he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. But Lord, I was prophesying. I was healing people. I was casting out demons. I was in church every Sunday. I went to Friday night Bible study. I professed you. I told people about you. He'll say, depart from me. I never knew you because you didn't want to possess your own vessel. You wanted to sin. You wanted your sin. So, I put you under strong delusion. I let you believe you were saved, and here you are. There's no second chance. I know this is hard stuff, God, but you guys want to know what the will of God is. We ask that all the time. I know I ask it all the time. What's the will of God? Well, I'm just telling you what he says the will is. So, this is one of his wills. For God did not call us to uncleanliness, but to holiness. One of the will of God? Holiness. Righteousness. Sanctification. Crucifying your flesh every day. Walk as he walked. Live as he lived. Therefore, he who rejects this. So if you leave here tonight and say, I do not like that woman. I will never speak to her ever again. That's okay. I pray you don't. I love you and I want to pray with you. And I pray that that's not what happens. I pray you receive Jesus and get radically saved and set free. But therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man. Doesn't reject Amy, Steve, or you when you read this to somebody. But God. You're rejecting God. You're rejecting his word. Not mine. I didn't write this. But God who has also given us his Holy Spirit. You're rejecting the Holy Spirit of God. You're rejecting the one true God of Israel. That's his will. Stay away from sexual immorality. Who's got 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 21? I do. I do. Okay, 5, 16 through, 22. 16 through 22. Okay, what's the will of God? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 
Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Bible always backs itself up. What's the will of God? Rejoice always. Pick up your praise, even in the storm. Pray without ceasing. Always be in communion with your Father. We've talked about this before. What's afforded to the believer now to be able to go to the Holy of Holies anytime we want and commune with God? It was never afforded to us before in the Old Testament. You had to have a high priest. And as a Gentile, you could have done it at all. Man. Because Christ is our high priest, because he's our mediator. He made a way. He redeemed us and reconciled us back to God. We can go to the Holy of Holies anytime and speak to our Father. And he wants us to. He desires us to pray without ceasing. Commune with God. And in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ for you. Give everything. I mean, guys, there is nothing. We live in America. It's really hard to not give thanks. And some of you, when we get to Mexico, you're going to be, like, really appreciative of, like, the things you don't have. It really opens your eyes. We're blessed. We're blessed in the storms, even. And not just because we live in America. We go through hard times. You know, William just lost his baby sister at 30 years old. My dad just passed away recently. You know, you guys are all going through things. Those are hard times. But we rejoice and pray and we give thanksgiving in those hard times. Don't quench the Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Have the gift of discerning spirits. Know which spirit is among you, but don't quench it. Let God be God. He's in charge of this thing. Jesus is the head of this, what's going on here tonight. Not me, not Steve, not you got Jesus. He's the head. Let him move through you tonight. When we get into worship, just don't quench the Spirit. Let him do what he's doing. Be sensitive to the Spirit. Be sensitive to what the Father's doing. Jesus always did what he saw the Father doing. And that's our heart and our mission. Where is Jesus? What's he doing? I just want to go be wherever he is. I want to minister where he's ministering already. Do not despise prophecies. Just make sure you're getting, make sure it's a true prophet of God, not a false prophet. I think we've got more false prophets running around today than we do true prophets. That's why we have to know the word. Got to know the word, you guys. Test all things and hold fast to that as with good and abstain from every form of evil. Everything that God says is evil, abstain from it. Run from it. All right, who's got Luke 9, 23 through 25? Luke. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them. When he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels, truly I tell you, who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. So if anyone desires to come after him, you want to know the will of God? You want to know the will of Jesus? Pick up your cross daily and follow him. What's it mean to pick up your cross? Pick up your guillotine. Pick up your electric chair. They knew what that meant. They saw dead bodies on crosses. They saw people suffering on crosses. They knew what that meant to pick up their cross every day and follow Christ. It's not an easy believism. It's not an easy road. Pick up your death penalty. Pick up dying to yourself every day and follow me. We have to die to ourselves. We have to look at this flesh. We have to say, die. Not today, flesh. You're not going to control me today. Whatever it is that has you overtaken. If it's pornography, not today. Die, flesh. If it's food, not today. Uh-uh. Die, flesh. If it's alcohol, uh-uh. Die. If it's cigarettes, if it's drugs, if it's lusting after people, if it's money, pride, vanity, homes, cars, I don't know. Maybe it's your job. Not today, flesh. 
I'm going to pick up my cross and I'm going to die to myself every day and follow Jesus. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. He's talking about our spiritual here. He's not talking about physical, although missionaries understand that. But he's talking about that dying to the flesh, dying to sin, no longer letting sin have a, have a control over you. If there is anything in your life that you cannot live without for 30 days, it has control over you. Recently, uh, I had noticed that every, every, every day when I was eating, I, I wanted something sugar. I was really starting to crave like sugar, like every day. Like I wanted like a dessert or a candy bar or something. And I was like, whew, this is starting to kind of be a thing. And, it, and I heard, you know, and you know what I said? Uh-uh, flesh. Uh-uh. You're going to die. And I immediately went on a third day fast from sugar. Three days, no sugar. You're out of here. You're dying, flesh, because nothing's going to control me anymore other than Jesus Christ. Now, that doesn't mean I can't eat sugar again, but I'll tell you what, that comes becomes a thing again. I'm going to fast with you again. And now I'm getting ready to start on Monday. I'm going to start fasting bread and carbs because you know what? I laid down sugar and picked up bread. So I'm like, you're both going for 30 days. Both of you. We're going to go around circles for a while. Yeah. Both of you are leaving for 30 days. Bread and sugar. It has nothing to do with weight loss. Although that'll be a nice side effect if that happens. That's not the point. I need my flesh to die. Because my flesh, when it's in control, I can't hear the Father as well. I'm not as focused on his work. I've got to be focused on the will of God. Like Jesus said, that's my food. I have work to do here. I don't have time to mess around with sugar and bread. I can live without it. And I'm going to crucify. So flesh, you're dying. Eve, guess what? You're dying. So what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What's it profit you? To have the cutest boyfriend and lose your soul. To have the cutest girlfriend and lose your soul. To have all the money. To have the BMWs and the Lexuses and the mansions and lose your soul. This life is fleeting. It's but a vapor who can take you out tonight. Mm -hmm. And what do you have to lay at his feet? It's not a work salvation. You guys know that. We don't preach a work salvation. But works will follow a true regenerated person. You'll desire to do his work, just like Jesus desired to do the work of the Father. Your, your heart changes. All right, who has 1 Peter 2, 15 through 17? 1 Peter 2, 15 through 17. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as covering up for evil, but living as servants of God. <clears throat> honor everyone. Love their brotherhood. Fear God and honor them for... He says here, for this is the will of God. We want to know what the will of God is. What's the will of God? Doing good. So we'll put to silence the ignorant people, the foolish people, the unsaved people. You know, people are really tired of hypocrites. The world is watching you. The world is watching me. And they've had it up to here with hypocrite Christians that love to preach to you about everything you need to change in your life, but then they live a life of debauchery too. The world's had it up to here with our hypocrisy. You know, the statistics inside the church are the same inside the world. The divorce rate's the same. The drug addiction's almost the same. Uh, the pornography, over 60% of all pastors are looking at pornography or have some type of sexual addiction. I just told you 90, about 90%, if not more, of young, of, uh, not young people, just singles in general are having sex outside of marriage. What standard do we have? We're supposed to come out from among them and be separate, not self-righteous. God forbid, we, we have compassion because we were once them. But we should have a transformed life with peace and joy set apart for holiness so that they can't say anything against you. You can hate me because I love Jesus, but you're not going to have a bad thing to say about me. I'm going to be the best employee you've ever had. I'm going to be a good steward of the money. I'm going to love you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to take care of you any way I can. I'm going to represent Jesus Christ in all that I do because I do it all for him. You may hate me because I love Jesus, but you'll have a hard time speaking ill against me. 
as a person who's doing unrighteousness. He says, and this is his will, as free yet not using our liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. We have this new liberty in Jesus. We can eat pork. You can have a glass of wine if you're not overtaken by it. Oh, I stepped on some religious toes there. Don't get drunk with it. I don't care. I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't drink wine. I don't, I don't like alcohol. But I'm not going to put that yoke around your neck. Now, if you've had a problem with it, don't drink it. Use wisdom. But I'm not going to teach you something the Bible doesn't teach. He says, when that liberty, though, don't let that be a vice. Don't let anything have control over you. Don't let cake be a vice. Don't let cigarettes be a vice. Don't let drugs be a vice. Alcohol. Don't. We are to be sober-minded and set free. Nothing should have control over us. We walk in this new liberty, but it doesn't control us. We can eat pork and shellfish and enjoy crab legs. Don't let it be a vice. But be bondservants of God. Bondservant is literally a servant of God. You cannot serve two masters. I cannot serve sugar and Jesus. I cannot, I cannot serve alcohol and Jesus. I cannot serve man and Jesus. I cannot serve money and Jesus. I need to pick one. Remember when we talked about Colossians? We were bought out of that slave market of Satan's. And then we were put in the slave market of God's. We're bond servants to him now. Bond servants to righteousness. That's who we serve. Let nothing control you. Let nothing control us, you guys. Nothing. Honor all people. Respect people. Respect the homosexual. I don't agree with it. But you know what? They likely had a trauma early on in their childhood. I haven't met one yet that didn't have some sort of trauma. Where their sin nature was traumatized as a child. And then Satan and his demons come in and take full advantage of that trauma. Messes with their identity. Then now we've got a culture that teaches it's okay and it's all good in the hood. Now they're celebrated. And you got churches teaching it's okay now. Are you absolutely right? Listen, they're not any different than I was as a fornicator or adulterer. Stop looking our noses down on people who just need a savior. They are our mission field. Do we understand that? Do you know the abortion doctors are our mission field? Yeah, it angers me. Oh, takes everything in me not to want to rip their heads off, rip their body parts apart. That's my flesh. But that's my mission field, and it should anger us. But it's our mission field. You know, abortion doctors are getting saved. They are. There's abortion doctors out there that now, man, now they're preaching the gospel and trying to tell people the truth. You don't know who God's saving and who he's not. Don't look your nose down. Paul was a murderer, too, of innocent people. Stop looking down at the strippers. Stop looking down at the, at the drug addicts and the alcoholics. Jesus didn't come for the self-righteous. He came for those who need a doctor. He came for the sick. He came for the woman at the well, the Proverbs 7 woman. That's who he came for. Honor, love people, respect people. We don't agree with them. I have a better way for you, but I once was you. I was going to hell with, for my sin as well. Have compassion, Paul says. Love the brotherhood. Love one another, you guys. We talked about that before we started live. Love each other well. This, this is the greatest opportunity to just true love right here. Knit together in unity and in love. Laying our own selves down for one another. There's a lot of times when I don't feel like being here. <laughs> There's times when I'm tired. There's times where I'm just like, oh. You know, man, it doesn't matter. I'm here for you. You're here for me. I need you. And then I'm so energized. We get together. I, mean, I didn't feel that way today. But there's been times in the past when Steve and I have worked like 50 hours in a week. Absolutely exhausted. And like, oh, I wish we didn't have Friday night Bible study tonight. We're so tired. I just love you guys too much to, to cancel for something like that. I might have to cancel because my dad died. That kind of sucked. Had to cancel. Had to cancel because baby sister died. Yeah, that happens. But I'm not going to cancel because I'm tired and I'm weary and I'm weak. Not cancel, just postpone. We postponed. We had it last week instead. Absolutely, thank you. We just postponed. But that was more important. 
We need to come together as a family and love on our family that just lost their baby sister. Thing is, I mean, we want to be witnesses to the homosexuals, the strippers, the drug addicts, right. so on and so forth. But if they can't, if they can't walk by my driveway, look in this window and see this going on, and seeing the love that we have for one another, and we practice that and preach that, they're not going to want that. They'll mm -hmm. just stay out on the streets. You know, in the early church, talks about in Acts, the reason why so many were getting saved was because the love that they saw among the community. Right. It was the love. And we're not perfect people. No. I mean, we're just we're not, but we have to try to make efforts right. to. But people should see our love before they see anything else. Right. They should see our love for one another. Right. Our love for Jesus. Our love for each other, and then love my neighbor as myself. If that doesn't exist, you have nothing. Right. It's love. Faith in Christ and love for one another in all things. Even when we mess up, love covers a multitude of sins. Because we're going to mess up. Because no one in this room is perfect. But when we do, just say you're sorry. Ephesians, uh, oh, wait a minute, did I finish that? I'm sorry. Love, brotherhood. Fear God. We need to get a good holy fear of God back in America. I'll tell you that. We don't fear God no more. Honor the king. Honor our president. I don't care if it's Barack Obama or Trump. I don't care. Pray for them. Honor them. Respect who God has in leadership at this time and the time before and who's ever going to be in leadership later. Respect them, honor them, and pray for them. Doesn't mean we have to agree with them. A lot of things I don't agree with. But I pray and I respect and I show honor. Because God ultimately put him in him position. As God puts our, our leaders in position. And it's either for righteousness or for our judgment. Okay, Ephesians. Did we just do which one we do? 5, 3, 18. So the next one is first. Wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. Ephesians 5, 15 through 18. Who has that? Did we just read that one? No, we just read that one. Right here. No, I didn't. We did it? Ephesians what? Five. Oh, I'm at, okay, I see what I'm doing. I'm at the wrong. 5, 15 through 18. Yeah, it was me. Okay, Ephesians 5. She'll do 1 through 8. Oh, we should be 1 through 8 first. Okay, 5, 1 through 8 first. That'll be me. Okay. All right. We want to know the will of God. Here it is. Ready? Walk in love. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not be named among you. As is proper among saints, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who, ha who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For, as, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Okay, so what's the will of God? Be imitators of God as dear children. We are children of God. We are adopted into this new family, a new family of holiness and righteousness. And we need to imitate that. We need to imitate Christ. Walk in love. We just talked about that. Walk in love with one another. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us and offering a sacrifice of God for a sweet swelling aroma. But fornication, Bible always backs itself up. It's all through the New Testament. Sex outside of marriage. Lust, idolatry, pornography, put it under that category. And all uncleanliness, that unclean, that word cleanliness, when we went through that in Ephesians, it's filthiness. It's debauchery. It's nasty. Covetous. Let it not even be named among you for saints. Sexual immorality should not even be named among us, you guys. When we get together as a family of God, there should not be sexual immorality. A little leave and spoils the whole lump. Let it not even be named among the saints. And yet we've got 90%? What are we doing? What's, where's the disconnect? It's not fitting for the saints. It's not fitting for us. Take your body and put it into subjection. Crucify this flesh. Sin start, I mean, start, the thought starts here. Just take it captive here. You know how many steps it takes to birth out sin? I actually did it earlier, not 
um, I wasn't sinning. I took my phone. I thought, what does it take to look at pornography? Okay, I got the thought. Devil sits on my shoulder. Let's look at pornography. I don't know. Let's self-satisfy. Whatever it is he says to you. I don't know what he says, but whatever. Okay, I picked up my phone. I'm not even sure where you go to look at it, but I picked up my phone. I got to put my passcode in, okay? Then I've got to go to Chrome or an app or whatever it is. How many steps does it take for me to birth out that sin? I mean, it takes a lot of steps, though. Right. How? I mean, when could I have stopped it? Right here? I could have stopped it at the passcode. Right. I could have stopped it before I opened the app. I could have stopped it before I pl- typed in whatever you type in. I could have stopped it before I pushed play. I could- Jesus says I've made a way. We need to, we need to, this is so hard because I feel like in the church in America, we've really learned how to justify our sin. We've learned how to make excuses for it. We've learned how to wink at it. We've found false teachers to help us. Crucify the flesh. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. Love your brothers and sisters enough. Man, when you're looking at that pornography, you're engaged in the sex slave industry. Do you understand that? Some of you were here over the summer when we did a whole night just on the sex slave industry and on human trafficking and pedophilia. You think these people are enjoying it that you're watching. I'm telling you, they're not. 95% of the women are on some type of drugs and alcohol. Many of them have been tore apart and sewed back up. And what you see on camera is not what's actually happened behind closed doors. A lot of them are sold into the industry. Many of them are underage. And it goes for the boys in in those movies as well. Don't buy the lie of the enemy that they enjoy what they're doing. They're happy. They're glad to be there. Oh, there might be a couple... But trust me, no little girl, no little boy wakes up or says five years old, I can't wait to wake I can't wait to grow up and be a be a, a porn star. And when you participate in that, you are participating and keeping them enslaved. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. And how dare Christians who name themselves followers of Jesus Christ participate in something like that and then say we love the brethren. Bring that filth into here as leaven or go out and say we're going to minister to the stripper or the prostitute when we've got them enslaved in in our phones. Honor one another. Honor people. And when you're engaging in sex outside of marriage, you're not only defiling your body, you're defiling that person's body. That's not loving your neighbor as yourself. I can promise you that. You're using their body for your self-satisfaction. That's not Jesus Christ. Shouldn't even be named among us, you guys. Pluck it out. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse gesturing, which are not fitting. Filthy language, dirty jokes, cussing, racism, racist jokes. They're not funny. They're not funny. It's not funny to God. Let our speech be pure and wholesome. If you're at work, don't participate in the dirty jokes. Don't participate in the racist jokes. You serve a God who died for all people, no matter their economic or socioeconomic situation no matter the color of their skin he died for all people for this you know that no fornicator no unclean person nor covenant man who is in an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of christ and god stop deceiving yourselves thinking that you can live a life of sexual immorality live a life that's not crucified to christ and you're still got an inheritance waiting for you. That's 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 11. That's Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Stop it. Crucify your, crucify your flesh. Repent. Repent and believe and put your faith in Jesus Christ. He can heal you. He can set you free. He can deliver you. He made a way where there was no way. Let no one deceive you. Here it is again. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Remember, Jesus the Avenger on sexual immorality. Now, now we're in Ephesians and God says the wrath of God is coming down because of sexual immorality, because of idolatry, because of covetousness, because of the way that people are acting, the sin of disobedience. Don't let people deceive you. Know the word for yourself. I don't care what some man with a robe or a religion tells you it's okay. It's not okay. It goes against God's word. Stop letting 
preachers on television or YouTube teachers or whatever, different Bible translations, they're deceiving you. Satan is the master of deception. Let no one deceive you in this manner. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Separate yourselves. That's our mission field, but we're not to be yoked up with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord and walk as children of light. We are not in that slave market anymore if you're here tonight and you're truly born again and you've got the regenerated work of the Holy Spirit. So stop acting like the Gentile. Stop acting like the non-believer. Walk as he walked. It says, this is what's acceptable to the Lord. Verse 10. It's the will of God. The next one is Ephesians 5, 15 through 18. Look carefully, then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is botchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Understand, be wise, discern the times, discern the evil times that we're living in, this is the will of God. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't, and that can be interchanged with don't be high on drugs. Now we've got a whole movement where it's okay to smoke pot in the Christian community. No, it's not. We're to be sober-minded. Pot gets you high. Stop playing around. Stop justifying your sin. Stop justifying it. We don't get drunk with wine. We don't get high on pot. We don't get addicted to opiates. We don't use any vice. Our liberty cannot become a vice. We just read that, correct? But be filled with the Spirit of God. That's the will of God, to be filled with His Spirit, to be controlled by His Spirit, not by our flesh. And we're to be sober-minded, and we'd be representing Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ did not walk around smoking pot, I promise you. There's not going to be pot in heaven, I promise you. He wasn't getting drunk with wine. And he wasn't overeating either. Let's throw that one in there too because they can all be interchanged. It's gluttony. Temperance. We are to have temperance, saints. Be control, self-controlled. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. It is also one of the things that qualifies an elder. Temperance. Self-control. Discipline. All right. First, we're, almost, we're getting through here. First Timothy 2, 3 through 4. First Timothy 2, 3 through 4. This yeah. is good and it is pleasing in sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Pleases God when people are saved. He came to die to save, to reconcile, to redeem mankind. That's his will. Amen. Pleases him. I know we, we kind of started out with preaching the good news and then we went into some really hard topics and now we're kind of back to that preach the good news. Tell people the truth. Stop sugarcoating the gospel. Stop watering it down. That doesn't save anybody. It doesn't change lives. I know it's offensive to those who are perishing. It's foolishness too to those who are perishing. We're a stench to those who are perishing. But we're a sweet fragrance to those who God is saving. He desires all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. Where's the truth? Right here. This is our absolute truth. We talked about it last week. Sola Scriptura. Here's our truth. It was one of the first scriptures we read. If you're, be mad, you can, if you're mad at man, don't be mad at man. This is God. God's saying this. This is God. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 36. So for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. There's promises and blessings in God when we do his will. He loves obedient children. Obedience over sacrifice. He loves it. And he will bless obedience. Now, I'm not, I'm not telling you that he's going to give you a Mercedes and a big house. First of all, most of our blessings will be in heaven. Most of our blessings, most of our works will be, the, the, the crowns will be in heaven to lay at his feet. But then he does bless his children here as well. I watch it. I see people who are faithful stewards. When they are faithful with little, God will bless you with more. Be good stewards with your money. Be good stewards with your time. Be good stewards with the talent, gifts, calling that God has given you. He will bless it. doesn't mean health, wealth, prosperity, like we're going to have this great, you know, there'll still be trial and tribulation, but he will never leave you or forsake you. That is a promise. He will be faithful to you until the end. He will help you complete the work in which he started in you. That's a promise. And there's blessings in obedience. 
and there's discipline and disobedience. And the last one, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, being reconciled to God. <sighs> What's the will of God? That we have these ministries of reconciliation. It says here that God uses us to plead through us to men for salvation. Be reconciled in Jesus. I have the good news. I have the vaccine for your problem. I have the cure for your cancer, which is sin. That is such a great responsibility that has been given to us. What a privilege. What an honor. But what a great responsibility that we have is this gift of this ministry of reconciliation. Don't waste this gift. So now we are ambassadors of God. This is not our earth. This is not our home. We are here to represent our home, which is the kingdom of heaven, where God sits on the throne. We're here just to represent Jesus Christ. That is our job. We are ambassadors, representing all that we do, all that we say, and all that we are, Christ Jesus, his truth, his gospel. We are imitating him. We are teaching people about him. We're ambassadors. This is not our home, and we have to stop being so earthly-minded. Paul says, you guys are so earthly-minded, you're no heavenly good. When we get too focused on this earth, the things of this earth, we become no good to heaven. We're to bring heaven here and present the gospel of reconciliation to all mankind. Not just with preaching, but in example. Be the example. Imitate Christ. Show people who he is. Now, we're not going to do that perfectly and we mess up. We apologize. But point people to the word and to him in the word. That is the will of the Father. Now, there's a lot more wills, but that's the ones that just kept coming to me today. And so um, we're going to stop there and we'll finish up hopefully next week, John chapter four. <laughs> Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget, guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.